I get from dragging that charcoal for the initial steps in the painting and the drawing, I'll like do that and that energy release is the same thing as like me punching a punching bag. What do you mean dragging that charcoal? You mean the actual drawing with the charcoal? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah because they're so big. They oh, sometimes right. some of yeah. them take two hands. Some of them are like five feet, so it's mm. like a big distance. So you it's just all the energy just and you've, literally, you've literally had like a five foot long stick with a burnt end on it and yeah. you've drawn with that like from five yeah. feet away oh yeah <laughs> hey, so uh, I'm just gonna jump in and set off the show real quick guys but keep it going <laughs> so uh, welcome to the Art Fight Podcast this is season four episode eight um, and we're honored to be joined by Lindsay Davis Hello. how's it going great how are you I'm doing great and Sensei Joe Nolan how are you I'm good happy to be here happy to have you here Lindsay we tried to get Lindsay on the show uh, a little while ago yeah maybe like six months yeah but now months. here we are this is like last week's guest was someone we had tried to book previously and I feel like for some reason our groove right now is like you know circling back yeah. and picking up these people that we had to drop because we leave no man behind or no lady behind either ah. <laughs> take no prisoners well yeah so and then also um, you know obviously if you're a, a current and frequent listener you've realized that we're starting to weave in uh, listener voice mail questions and comments into the program and that's been really really interesting um, so I just want to remind everybody that if uh, you want to leave uh, a voicemail for us you do that at 615-249-8250 and to sort out any confusion no it's not a live thing you just leave a voicemail and then you do like some of these uh, fine people that leave a voicemail they'll leave one and be like hey don't use the first one I like I re-recorded the second one or whatever uh -huh. that's fine but um, yeah do whatever you want send us a question send us a comment send us anything that we could put on the air and, and respond to and if you're following our socials like at uh, uh, Art Fight Podcast on Twitter for instance or you're following those drones on Instagram or me Mighty Joe Nolan on Instagram we're by you know like by the time we've got the next guest booked and ready to go we'll start letting you know who those people are and what they do so you can maybe tailor your question to them specifically if you'd like and ultimately not required because we're sort of it's just I, I like what a, I like the idea of having uh, sort of an ongoing conversation that is certainly guest uh, guest specific at times but you know oh, but it can is, be anything yeah. this this can this can open up so anyway but uh, yeah Lindsay what's up how are you doing I'm good just settling after a long week but yeah so how, yeah how is it for you to like uh um, are you typically somebody that feels like you have it fully together a week before uh, you're uh, a big show or is it something where you're you're like oh here I am again I'm always in this place right before a show oh no I like to prepare really I like to prepare really well make a lot of lists lists for me are my bread and butter I yeah. I'm not Lindsay without a list uh, <laughs> but now like making art is so much more than just the making the art part it's making sure everything's framed and ready to hang so mm -hmm. i guess the last week is more making sure every everything is cross the t dot the i all that mm -hmm. stuff. and so for the uninitiated and just to sort of bring our listeners into it let's talk a little bit just on a high level i suppose about what what are your primary sort of mediums and how generally do you work and is there maybe a, a style or a, since we're in an audio format here how do we make people see what you do um well i can explain it uh, yeah. and then they could probably visualize it mm -hmm. but i focus in drawing and painting um 
more very gestural, uh, mess around with the negative space and the eye's perception of depth. And through that, I found this very abstract psychological theory, gestaltism. And it's kind of about how the human perceives everything, but I focus on the visual perception and um, just what can you subtract from a drawing or a painting so much so that there's barely anything there that's obvious that's is this space but mm. your eye and your brain were still perceive a space there and yeah i'm really blown away by all the like all the spaces someone can see right just the juxtapositions of a dark next to a light and enamel the glare of an enamel or then the mat of a gesso and uh it's it's wild um but yeah a lot of heavy blacks and whites but subtly warmed up or cooled down because mm -hmm. that affects how the eye perceives something cool is going to appear further versus something warmer will appear closer to you so if you subtly like mix in a little warm white a little cool white the eye will see those very subtle temperature shifts without you really like looking at that interesting mm -hmm. so and uh, you know uh my knowledge is probably not near what yours is but i i did you know i have learned in the past you know about how optics kind of work with respect to visual art mm -hmm. and um so uh if you're if you're painting uh like for instance uh, just um not you but if if one is painting a, a canvas um painters will paint the entire canvas say the color of red or something and mm -hmm. then let that oil paint dry before they then go and then paint whatever they're going to paint on it mm -hmm. and then as these layers progress of paint over a, what is essentially like a white kind of refractory sort of background you've got these layers then are sequences of colors and tonalities and the way that light moves through those colors and then reflects back at you is quite a, uh, an actual process that people have really delved into and, and have a pretty good understanding of which you know i think most people see paintings as just sort of uh or visual art in many ways it's just purely a surface um thing but you know like in my studies of you know like when you figure out that rothko's using you know rabbit glue and all these other weird sort of there's some sort of strange uh, alchemical visual trip that just starts to happen that people are playing on that I, I believe that people fully understand what the implications are sometimes perhaps it's just a an experiment but when you go and you see a painting you're you don't realize that your eyes are are really looking through many layers of something and then and then it's being refracted back to you and yeah. then you're processing it so would you say that like what you're talking about is in, in just very conscious of that or working w with that yes very much so the lay all the paintings have a lot of layers in it because you can't just slap it on there and that's it. You have to build like an atmosphere, a temperature, basically. And these layers, uh, there's textures that happen with it and all of that are like subtle plays with how the eye perceives a space, again, on like a flat surface, but mm -hmm. they still find a way to see something in there. But like how the evolution of like visual, visual art has happened is the perspective of like falling into a space like walking into it and then the eye can go into it and then it was Pollock who was the first person who was like nah this is a flat surface and I'm gonna paint it like it's a flat surface mm -hmm. and that is when it's like oh yeah it is a flat surface right and that's the whole like how do you make something that you feel like you can go into but it's it's flat 
so right yeah and just to be even clearer about like what your work looks like you mean you're an abstract painter there's not these aren't pictures of people on a picnic or something <laughs> you're but an abstract it, it painter could be. it could be yeah it could mm-hmm. be that's a, be interesting um, and and essentially your palette is basically at this point anyway um, it's like essentially monochromatic basically black and white mm-hmm. and because of these t- small shifts in in temperature and texture and all that stuff you sort of become very aware of like how much is actually possible within that very limited color palette exactly. and you realize that there's like yeah that's these you know, here's 20 different black and white paintings but like every one of them has a different white in it you know white mm-hmm. is not white black is not black like you see all these like very subtle things in your work yeah. that are specifically like you say about the technique techniques and about the materials mm-hmm. and like i mean essentially you're you're doing a painting about painting and painting about perception sort of thing yeah. that i think is i mean it's one of the reasons why it's one of the reasons why i'm on this podcast because <laughs> because when it comes to like smart there's a lot of abstract painting in our region you know and i, I think that's one of the strengths of the art scene frankly because there's a lot of good abstract mm-hmm. painting too but you're among the smartest um and certainly among the most productive people that i know in terms of like what you're doing and like how you're doing it like every little angle of the thing you do is like like in like locks together with all the ideas you talk about and it like it all makes sense and it's like pretty it's pretty impressive Lindsay. thank you (laughs) yeah i think it's um because it can it's really easy to assume oh that's just that's easy to do like Mm -hmm. mess around with um negative space and blacks and Mm -hmm. gestural drawings and charcoal and whatnot but you have to do it every day. You f- I fill up a sketchbook every two months and it's like big sketchbooks mm-hmm. and it's not because I'm trying to create like, oh, this is gonna be a new painting. It's just because you need to keep going because you need to figure out how these compositions can change and mm-hmm. how these compositions can then like blow up and be like, yes, mm-hmm. how did I not see that before in that? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, but it's only through constant sorry. it's only through like constant making of these works that you really understand that it's not the art i'm making but i'm experimenting i'm mm-hmm. trying to create works and seeing how someone perceives it mm-hmm. so it's not like i have this one work and this is the best and i'm going to show this one work i need to make hundreds 200 like a yeah. ton of work because all these are experiments because if this doesn't work then maybe this one will but if that d- didn't work maybe those two next to each other will work oh. and it's all of just like taking the puzzle apart and re-putting it back together mm-hmm. but the pieces change all the time right and uh yeah it's only through like a really vigorous <laughs> making all the time yeah. and uh like a lot of sacrifice of like no i'm gonna stay home i need to figure this out or Mm. i have like this like muscle memory like and i need to just release it like a like a like a fight basically Mm. like you like i take a big piece of charcoal and i just hit it and you can't hit it too much you need to be conscious about like how much you're putting into it but what do you mean you you hit it you have to be conscious how much you're putting into it. You mean you you like with a, a big um, piece of like burnt charcoal yeah. that I'll use, and then you'll you'll draw on a canvas or on a panel or yeah. something with that. Yeah, but yeah. But, but then it, uh, since you have all that control of like doing it, so that's why I like to use the like five foot long uh, branches because it creates a distance <laughs> because between. Because you'd say, <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. But it creates like this distance between where my hand isn't 
in all it's not in control because mm. it's are, okay so <laughs> is, are you saying that I, I think i understand what you're getting at um so I'm just going to kind of say it back to you, right? Yeah, um, please do. So, I can get lost like, in my words. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> it, it, it's all, I guess I'm sort of relating to it um, in other ways, but uh, it's almost like it begins with something that is just like an utterance or a tantrum or a fit or a physical exertion or just a, it, it, you're not you're not saying that you always start with a very, like with a sense of control. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, are you saying that there's something about early in the process uh, or to begin your process that it's kind of a, I don't know, this this sort of uh, assertion that is not necessarily calculated or a means to an end. It's yeah. it's just like almost like breaking the seal on something and there's maybe perhaps some truth in it, but it's certainly not honed or it might be something you fully walk away from, but mm-hmm. it's still necessary to then build on or subtract from or or, or exactly. whatever. So, so and then the, the real calculated part comes in sort of the refinement or the, it's the building of the layers that you have to be very conscious about. So, you, like, going in with the large branches and doing that <laughs> creates um, random acts of line application and mark making. So, I don't just go with the composition I know that works every time. It mm. creates a sense of loss of control where then I'm like, all right, look at all this madness. Now, let's hone it into something. And then like you add a lot of blacks and then you add a lot of whites to cover all that black. (laughs) And so it's like taking away and taking away and taking away after applying, applying, applying. Mm -hmm. But uh, But you sort of set the stage in a way so that you're sort of like, I don't know where I am here. Yeah, I got to piece it together. Now now figuring this out is going to be what the work will be. Yeah, exactly. And you have to do it a lot. Yeah. So it's like one painting will take a long time because Mm -hmm. it's, applying all those layers and then mixing all those different whites and of course maybe I forgot to put a cover on a white and then it dried out and I had to mix it again (laughs) all the fun stuff (laughs) so I I like the idea of because I mean really that's that's the bravest part I think of any creating of anything is you just have to have some way of like getting like you know it's like dropping into a half pipe or something like you just you gotta just yes you, you just have to start sometimes the hardest thing is just starting but yeah and people really put too much or uh, you know uh, i see a lot of people burden themselves with the with uh design as an impetus as opposed to perhaps something more visceral or mm-hmm. reactionary or emotive or um, yeah, when I said tantrum, I mean that like in the in the best way, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, be who you are. Yeah. Where now, now? Are you? I don't know. Uh, at one point, you moved away from Nashville for a short time. Yes. Then you came back in with like you've been here for about a year again now. Is that about right? Um, I got, came back at the end, mid end of July. End of July. Yeah. I, so I was gone for about like two and a half months. Yeah, yeah. So are you back in the same house in the same studio? Okay, yes. so I, I know the studio space yes. we're talking about. Yes, but you're I in recently a basement space, and you get to walk out onto like a little terrace area that's where your garden is. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. It's like a basement, um, and then the, where the actual studio is, I can close the door. Mm. Um, I like repainted all of it white, and oh, it's really? like really nice and fresh looking. But then I built a movable wall and a movable desk for the garage area because since I'm working much much larger now, oh, I okay. can't be confined to that. It's too small. Space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's nice because having a movable wall is I can have multiple walls now instead of just like one or two. Mm. I have like five. Yeah, that's cool. 
it's necessary. <laughs> yeah, to like hang stuff up and see it and hang stuff up or could just be working on like four different things at once because yeah. sometimes you work on something and you're like, okay, I'm about to ruin it. I need to step away. Yeah. Look at this one. And then it's this constant because you need fresh eyes to really see what you're looking mm. at. So if you're. This is part of perception, Lindsay. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You can't just go in with what you think it looks good. You mm. need to like forget. Right. And I think that's true remember. of most creative stuff. It's like you get to a certain point and it's like, and I think you get better about knowing when to stop. Like, yeah. like uh, William Burroughs talks about overwriting and mm -hmm. he says basically, <laughs> if you have writer's block, it's because you overwrite. Like mm -hmm. you get a great idea, you start burning through the pages and then you know you start to kind of lose the thread but you want to keep going and la 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 and next thing you know, overwrite, right? Basically yeah. you ran out of gas creatively and here's what you do. Instead of doing that, it's at the first signs basically of like, mm, I think we're kind of like reaching the end of this little buzz here. Mm -hmm. Maybe sort of try to wrap it up or get a little bit more out of it and then say, okay, now that's it. And then he says what will happen, and I think this does happen, is you come back the next day and you start reading what you wrote yesterday and then all of a sudden by the time you get to the end of it, it's on fire again, and mm -hmm. you're ready to go, and you've yeah. got, and and you like preserve this weird momentum when you don't burn it the fuck out. You know yeah. what I mean? But that doesn't mean you have to stop working. Like you say, that mm -hmm. means I've got another painting I'm working on, yeah. and I can work on that too. Or, you know, for me, it's like usually it's like I can't wait to write this art review, and then I'm going to write that song, and then yeah. I'm going to go play that show. You know what I mean? Exactly. Having different outlets, so you're yeah. not just. When you get burned out, you just stop making that. That's not okay. Yeah. Um, especially like for this show, I got so burned out on making so much work that once I got to the point of time to build the frames, I'm like, yeah, I love building frames because like you know what you need to do, you need know the cuts, the measurements, you, you know how yeah. to get it done, and you have and you a very sort of like feasible meditate, goal. Just like zoom into exactly. it, and be just like cut, chop. Boom, join, join. <laughs> clamps, a lot of clamps, um, glue, but like having that like very tangible goal of you know what it needs to the end game needs to be mm -hmm. where making the work where it's like i don't know yet i have yeah. to figure I, I have to know when it's done and what does done even mean right. um so the frame knows when it's done yeah once the frame's <laughs> on there it's like done. yeah 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 <laughs> Um, well, tell us a little bit about your show. Like, you have a show coming up. Yes. It's going to open on Saturday night. Saturday, March For any, 2nd. Anybody who doesn't know, in Nashville, first Saturday is like the day when mm, the majority of the exhibitions for the month will mm -hmm. open across the city. Yes. And so, where are you going to be at? I'll be at Fort Houston, uh, their new location, newish location. Yeah, newish. Yeah. Uh, Wedgwood Houston yeah. Uh, neighborhood. Yeah, 2020 Lindell Avenue. Hmm, good. Uh, I know I tell a lot of people uh, from six to nine. Uh, f good art, good company, some free beers. Yeah, there for you those go. who partake. Yeah, that's cool. Do you do you find yourself um, when you have an opening? Like, do you? Let me ask you this: Do you like openings? No. <laughs> I, I really i i get the schmoozing i need to watch what i drink so i don't like because i'm so nervous i'm just like Ugh, and then someone talks to me and i'm slurring and i uh, so yeah and then i'm always so ca everybody catch up with Lindsay about 8 45 <laughs> exactly. let's fi all find her let's all show up at 8 45 perfect um two and a half hours in how's she doing yeah. how's she doing yeah but i haven't Do you, you don't feel that way about like other people's openings though like, no uh, yeah, i love going you, other people's so openings yeah yeah because yeah. i see you a lot at the red arrow and yeah. it's always good to see you and it's always so chill and it's always so yeah. you know everybody's just kind of chilling out and i know it's a different thing when it's like 
ah, my stuff's on the wall. Exactly, because there's like an expectation of people are going to come up and talk to you right. and want to know why. It's like, I felt all this when I looked at your work. Thank you for making it. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, and you're uh, like, I'm really happy you saw something. I made it in with there. a giant bird stick. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so so yeah. I guess you know if you, I find openings strange myself just because, uh, like when you're making the work, it's it's inevitable that you have to think about that. There's going to be a lot of people that see it at the opening, mm-hmm. which is just an entirely different vibe and attitude and approach than when somebody can quietly come in and see it on a Tuesday afternoon or whatever the other times are that it's available to be seen. Mm-hmm. Oh, in the in the gallery though, you're saying the opening, the yeah. atmosphere of the opening reception party and all that stuff. Yeah, it's kind of like 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 to put it like this way, like if you were a band that was playing in that space, mm-hmm. you would if there's, you know, 150 people in there, then you're going to want to play something that you know meets the vibe of the room right mm-hmm. you don't want to get you know it's not the time for like an ambient retrospective or, or yeah. whatever yeah. that's tuesday um, afternoon when no uh, one's there right yeah. so, so i guess what my point is is just like like um how much uh, maybe i'm really what i'm getting at is sort of how much do you consider audience when you're doing what you're doing and and is the work that you're showing on saturday is that work that you've known is going to exactly this venue and it's kind of more thought about in your mind as like this is what's going to be at this space Mm -hmm. versus like this is just a collection of things that i'm sort of modulating to kind of fit into that um well most of the work was made knowing that it would all be in the show together Mm -hmm. a hand like the a handful was made just to make them and get them out get it out but i always feel like for the openings there's just so many people such a crowd if you really want an intimate experience with the work you go when it's not the opening mm-hmm. and if you really want an intimate experience you ask the artist hey don't meet me at your the gallery if you are available at this time and have like a one-on-one talk if someone mm-hmm. really wants to get to know the piece but at the opening it's so there's so much energy happening and mm-hmm. maybe you start talking to someone and then two minutes later someone's like oh can i talk to you for a minute yeah. so it's yeah. so you can't really have these deep like intimate conversations when someone else is just going to want to Or just there's just so many shoulders that you're just yeah. not even necessarily able to physically get into a place yeah. where you can have a plain enough yeah. contemplative view of anything to really take yeah. anything beyond what is sort of purely surface. And yeah. you're kind of just looking at it as this kind of collage or right. array in this whole sort of spectacle of moving people and yeah. clinking of glasses or what, yeah. you know, whatever it is. So I don't know. I just find like the, the you know, it, like I wonder sometimes, uh, like how many people sort of play to the opening versus play to the the run that mm-hmm. you're actually gonna, you know, the space that you're gonna yeah. Uh, occupy. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I find that sort of challenging. So w- with respect to um, uh, selling work mm-hmm. in in Nashville, we've got a question uh, that I, I wanted to uh, throw at you uh, from a friend of the show, Chris Zydek. Do you know Chris <laughs> Zydek? Awesome. I don't. <coughs> I might know his face. You've probably seen some of his work too. He's a mural. He's done a bunch of murals here in town. Oh, then definitely. He does a lot of work, and he's a really cool guy. Sacred geometry, (laughs) and uh, you know that big mural that's outside of Cafe Coco on the parking garage, the massive one. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So he he did that, and so he has an interesting question that um, that he he brought up. So I thought I'd play that for you guys. Are you ready for this? Yes. All right. Here we go. Hopefully, it's not too crazy loud. It's Chris. I'm curious how long she has been in Nashville, what her experience has been like selling art here, 
and other uh, cities across the United States. I haven't had much luck selling too much Arctic well at all. I've done decently with murals, but not with selling individual pieces. And I had that show in New York in May, and I'm hoping that people there like buying art from out-of-towners. Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. I guess the I'm rambling. The question that I have is how well do pieces sell here? Is it private individuals? Is it commissions? Is it for like, hotels and banks? I'm trying to say. All right, peace. <laughs> Thanks, Chris, for the question. Yeah, yeah that's a good question. Yeah. Well, um, let me think about how I'm going to pose an answer. Well, I've been in Nashville since 2014. I've been in Nashville since 2014. Um, uh, I moved here maybe about eight months, nine months after I graduated college. Um, I went. I was up in Boston, and um, hmm. I've when I sell when I sell work, it it's usually like from a social media post, and someone then reaches out to me from there. Uh, when I would. I get a lot of commissions. Um, it seems that designers really are into my work, so I usually they will usually reach out to me in some form and ask what I have in my stock and if I can send them photos, if they can do a studio visit, um, try to be available for that as much as possible, and always have a big collection of work in stock for uh, those kinds of scenarios. Um, but what, what was the rest of the question? Well, I mean, I think, I think kind of what he's getting at is sort of, uh, in particular, that kind of the climate of Nashville oh, in terms okay. of like how, you know, uh, and maybe that's what you just said is, mm. is sort of the answer ultimately f for you. And then maybe perhaps what you've observed more broadly about sort of what is the, the kind of climate or temperature in Nashville for, for buying art yeah. and, and sort of how has that been in your perception? Uh, well, my perception recently switched. When I left town, it was basically like, I'm done with Nashville. Um, I was just getting sick of the scene here. It was it was. It seemed very similar to what I was used to seeing when I was uh, up on the East Coast of just the names, the people who, people they've born and raised here, went to school here, and everyone knows their name, so they're getting the shows. And it was like, all right, mm. well, I don't really want to be in competition with the roots. The, the network. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then I left when I left town, I kind of was reminded of like, it's the same everywhere you go. Mm. And... Uh, when I got back to town, uh, someone reached out to me for a large-scale commission, and mm. at the time I wasn't doing large-scale work, uh, not anymore, but I took a break from it, uh, pursuing other things that failed miserably, <laughs> and um, <laughs> loss of confidence, and then this person uh, was like, I want a large-scale work from you, and um, I did it, and it was worked out really well. I got my confidence back with making larger work again. Mm -hmm. I have now. I have another collector who's like into my work and into the large scale stuff. Um, so, yeah, I I also feel like Nashville is growing in such a exponential way that the people coming here have more money, and mm -hmm. they unfortunately are moving into the new build homes and mm. some of these new build homes have really large walls <laughs> so i'm not really against that yeah, yeah and yeah. um 
Yeah, so I've, and also like there's new big businesses coming down here, sure. like hotels, that Amazon one, mm-hmm. Amazon Hotel now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, there are these companies that are willing or have, and have, a, they're willing and have a budget for art to fill it. So yeah. it's not just like the one person in the home, it's more of like these big businesses that want to support the local art scene and kind of just like, I think there's a lot of that, you know, where there's a lot of places that come to town and they they want to specifically, like, get the goodwill that comes from, like, mm-hmm. well, this is all Nashville art on our walls. You know, like, we're, we're supporting the local artists. We, we are celebrating the local creative community. You know what I mean? And it, it, and it is. It is good for them to do that. It's good for the creative community to have that sort of, you know, cachet of being collected by this boutique hotel or something. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's good for them to be, like, you know, we're actually taking the time to make real connections with mm-hmm. the people who are making cool work here as opposed to just putting some bullshit up on the walls. You know what I mean? Yes, but isn't that exactly. still in some ways still bullshit? Like, isn't it still just like a feigned interest in supporting the, it's 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 a talking point more than like a... An, a it might be some, I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. I mean, on some level, if you want to be totally cynical about it, Brian, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, but, then yeah, sure. It's just a way for them to sort of throw on some kind of cloak of authenticity yeah, yeah. Or something like this. Now that said, uh, if they pay well for that cloak of authenticity, then fucking, I would say, Lindsay, paint that painting. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I take that money. But here's the thing. Here's here's what I would put here. Like, wow, we're actually in an art fight. This is great. No, it's so um, (laughs) no, so uh, like I I think about um to bring up Rothko again. You know, he did uh the commission at the Four Seasons, right? And and. You know, I mean, his roots were, you know, I would say socialist, communist, you know, in mm-hmm. the way that that mid-century movement was sort of, a lot of those people yeah. were sort of coming out of. And in today's climate, that sounds like a weird, alarming thing to say, but that's kind of the, what the, yeah, there's, what the beatnik culture sort of absorbed sure. yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the anarchist expressionist, yeah. So, so anyway, he did this, this, you know, he got the biggest commission <laughs> of his life to do, uh, you know, at the Seagram's uh, in New York City. Um, and you know this palatial hotel restaurant situation Mm -hmm. and did all of those maroon on black and black on maroon pieces and so he he did all of this work and it's very involved it's very large scale it's you know uh, and then he went you know they put him up or whatever and then he went I guess he was at the restaurant or something and then he was just he was eating and, and I forget exactly how the story goes but it was something along the lines of like he was there and realized that this was like a walled off place where only rich people mm. would even be able to be exposed to mm-hmm. the work the help yeah. as they would call it you know weren't even able to sort of see it or like mm. no one else was able to access this or see this it was really yeah. just this kind of exclusive experience and he was so disgusted by everything that happened that he just went back and said look I want my paintings back you can have all of your money back and you can all fuck yourselves mm-hmm. and so then he took all of that work and then just gave it away in three different Groupings, one to at the, I believe in a place in Japan. Um, uh, another um, was uh, to the Tate Modern, mm-hmm. and then maybe I think another batch went somewhere else. But anyway, all that whole series on this principled sort of stance of like you know like that was that was a mid-century sort of gentrification kind of situation, mm-hmm. right? Or like a high-class thing, or people like of course artists are going to be happy to get. Like if somebody all of a sudden was just gonna drop like you know two hundred and fifty thousand dollars on you to do the biggest baddest commission you've ever done, and it was well within your reach to do it, and it but it just happened to be at this place that was you know like I'm, I'm trying to think of what the equivalent would be mm-hmm. like some 
country club or I don't know, like some some like really sort of exclusive some uh, bar you have to knock on the door and say a secret password to get into. Yeah, yeah. Judge your dress code. <laughs> What's the password? Coke, Coke Brothers. That's the password. <laughs> But anyway, so like it's just Coke. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I guess I'm just wondering, like, like, or you know, I don't know. I, I feel like the. Um, Wait, can I ask you a question? Yeah. What point in his career did he do that? Right. Um, because if he, when he could afford to, can, yeah, because he could afford to. At this point, like paying all my bills, I barely can afford rent. And I don't and think like, I, I don't I don't think that he was uh, starving, but I don't think that he was necessarily, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it was probably like a, an opportune. Th- you know, I can yeah. understand like it's like if you're Drake and you know, hey, we yeah. want you on our record. It's like, well, no, thanks. You know, <laughs> I'm Drake yeah. or whatever. <laughs> but uh, I don't think he was in like uh, uh, that. Might be the first time that Rothko and Drake were ever paralleled in any yeah. way. But he wasn't but quite it, Drake yet. He wasn't, <laughs> yeah, he wasn't quite Drake yet. But, <laughs> but, guess, but but still though, it's about. It's not even necessarily about sort of the viability or the economy. It's more about to me like like sort of a principled application throughout yeah. of like uh i'm bu- i'm making this work and i need it to 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 do these things or perform in the culture in these ways mm-hmm. or uh you know something to that effect like there's some self-policing of like like how far you'll go mm-hmm. um yeah and i'm not saying like i don't know like i think i mean i think everybody i think self-policing how far you will go and hopefully being conscious of what you're doing with your art and with your life as an artist Mm. i'm i agree with all those things and at the same time i could see one artist in one situation hurriedly putting these murals up on those walls and i could see another artist in another situation saying i'm not going to do that and i could see respecting them both you know what i mean i don't necessarily you know, and it also too. I mean, we have to remember it's gonna. I mean, w- this fictional hotel we're talking about. You know, I mean, it's it would, a great name for a hotel. A lot of it would come. Yeah, it would be. Um, I think a lot of it to me would just come down to you know, if you're dealing one on one with these people and this designer, and you're getting the vibe that it's just sort of all just kind of bullshit. And I could see feeling like, nah, you know what? You have your bullshit game with some other bullshit artist. You know yeah. what I mean? But if you I'm got sorry, the, my work doesn't go with your quartz countertops. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but if you but if you got the vibe that they really were being serious and they really were trying to showcase, you know, local talent because they really did feel like it was an important thing that they were trying to emphasize or whatever. I mean, I could see that actually happening, and I could see you saying, "Well, then we're good partners here, and let's do it." You yeah, know I, mean? I mean, I've definitely had things that I did, you know, uh, in photography that were completely self-indulgent <laughs> things that I didn't have any intention of them going anywhere, and I would, it was completely self-gratifying work uh-huh. that then we get purchased by interior designers in New York and places like that, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they're building a, you know, they're they're using it as an impetus to sort of put whatever design they're you know or whatever yeah whatever they're doing with it and maybe that's sort of like you know a happy sort of accident in those ways but to do it by design I suppose mm-hmm. you know it's sort of like I don't know I just find it to be like a, an interesting um, like an altruism sort of dilemma I suppose yeah yeah but ultimately you, you gotta do what you what yeah. you gotta do but I guess it's unfortunate that because we don't have a patronage culture and mm-hmm. all these right. other things that we're in this position of 
like having to sort yeah. that on a case by case yes. basis. And oh, I think completely. too. I think I think for everybody in Nashville, but I think specific, you know, specifically for creative people, one thing I'm very aware of is it's like there's a lot of money in the city, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of money coming into this city, mm-hmm. and that you know, just the law of averages says some of that money is going to be spent on art, right? Yeah. And whatever that means, you know, theater tickets, going to see shows, buying music, you know, uh, getting photographs, commissioning paintings, all the things. Um, and I feel like, you know, for me, I think, I think, and I'm not, not, I don't think it's just for me. I think it's for many of us. I feel like I went through a period where, you know, where you're sort of like, you know, maybe you're not actually kicking and screaming, but you sort of want to <laughs> because, <laughs> because everything is like just, the whole thing is changing things that used to be important are suddenly no longer important things that never mattered now all of a sudden everybody gives a shit about them in all these different ways when you live in a city that's exploding the ways are the way ours is and at some point you know five years ago or so i just said okay here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna make sure that when the smoke clears i'm gonna err on the side of finding a way to make this work for me mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah because i don't think i can stop it <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah there's no, I mean, there's no point in resisting anything there's imminent. nothing yeah. i can do about the fucking wave that's just the fucking waves that are yeah. just like washing over this place and it's like what well, you know i mean you just got to try to catch one of them yeah <laughs> and it is what it is man if you're gonna stay here in nashville then it's like figure out a way to be part of that new nashville because mm-hmm. because the, there ain't no old nashville anymore yeah you know what I mean maybe it's just a mindset yeah I think a lot of it is and that's why I say like when I hear about people doing something like that or you know like you say like designers or new people coming to town who are interested in stuff it's like maybe they really do have pure intentions maybe they really have fucking very cynical intentions where it's just like oh yeah just fucking have that person paint some shit on it and then everybody will think we're great Mm -hmm. you know whatever you know whatever it might be but I just feel like you know generally speaking I try to like I try to like I try to see like the fact that well maybe this could be a positive thing that could lead to you know Chris getting a mural commission or you getting a painting commission or mm-hmm. something like that yeah. you know and maybe sometimes it doesn't but I think often it might and the principal Rothko person in me mm-hmm. who's like no fuck that sellout bullshit yeah. <laughs> right? yeah, it's yeah. like yeah. I really I mean I just tried I, I really try to keep that dude under control yeah. nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. I used to say that about like bagels when they went over $5. Yeah. I'm like, this oh, is no. fucking bullshit. <laughs> I'm, from, I'm from New Jersey. I don't pay more than two bucks for a bagel. But you know what I'm but saying? Yeah, but, I mean, there's any number of things you could be outraged about in Nashville. Oh, completely. Yeah. Um, I forgot what I was going... I was going to say You're something. Tell me what your favorite bagel was. <laughs> Everything bagel. Cream cheese and tomato. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gosh, I was gonna say something. Um, Here, you have to actually say about principle. Yeah, yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. like, <laughs> I don't, I don't necessarily feel in any way I'm selling out. Um, I'm very, I, I don't change my personality for anyone. I'm, I yeah. tell it like it is, and, and your work how is your I was work. raised. Yeah. Uh, that's how it is. So if I'm gonna do a commission for someone, I, I'll meet that person, even if it's like not the person who commissioned me for it. It's for someone else. I'd still would like to meet that person, talk mm. with them, like know what they're into so Mm -hmm. like I'm gonna make my work how I make my work that's something that is known that I'm not going to do a hyper photorealism portrait of someone Mm -hmm. um, because they want to pay me a bunch of money no I'm gonna be honest like I like to do what I like to do and if you yeah. want a painting it's, got, it's because you like what I do it's already. gonna be Lindsay Davis this is, yeah. this is yeah. a, the same dilemma that you run into in any business but especially like in creative aspects of business it's about client fit like you have to know 
there's so many times where it's it's you know it's like I, I'm in the middle of a thing right now where like what I sort of uh, essentially sold you know and, uh, about what I wanted to do for this uh, particular content for this particular thing that it's very particular that's not going to be named particularly <laughs> um, but anyway without naming names I basically I've more than clearly laid out like this is exactly what I want to do and it's coming from this perspective which is a 180 degree opposition to what you've been doing and I need you to be comfortable with that mm-hmm. that's the new thing that I'm bringing is doing honestly like every it's like the Costanza you know like do the opposite yeah uh, and 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 it was it was so clear and it, and it made a lot of sense and honestly it is the best way to go and then as soon as I got into it and started making the the work and the first pass of any sort of judgment about it it was immediately called out for all of the things that, that you said you were going to do that I said <laughs> that, that, yeah and 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 uh, and then so my hand is sort of being forced to do exactly the opposite of what mm-hmm. I wanted to do which is more what their party line is and I thought that we had fully and very yeah. clearly sort of walked through this like this is going to be a sea change mm-hmm. but in a good way and you got to let it happen mm. and then you, you know you start to even have the first inklings of that work come out and it was a lot of work and mm. there's a lot of work coming behind it that's already done mm. and they're already like not having it mm. and it's just yeah. the most frustrating thing so even when you like I tr- I'm so aware of client fit and sort of yeah. knowing your audience or, or whatever and I go way 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 above and beyond to try to sort those things out beforehand and even uh. when you do that it can still be like you know shit yeah. that goes upside yeah. down it's just such a, a perennial struggle in any creative yeah. form 100% I, I try to make contracts if they're like oh, yeah. even verbal like understandings uh, or um, written ones very much so where if there's anything that happens in that realm it's like okay well this is the work I already put in this is how much you owe me and I'm okay with just walking away and you can find someone else who's willing to do that Mm -hmm. Um, and that's really it because if you're going to invest in in yourself and make this work for this other person you there's already money being spent and at that point Mm -hmm. you know what i've learned to identify actually that's the number one problem or cause of that problem is if the parties that you're dealing with like so say you're doing video work Mm -hmm. let's just say like somebody might do video work let's just put some shit out there (laughs) random Totally non-particular. If, 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 <laughs> not particular at all. Yeah. Particularly yeah. non-particular. <laughs> the one thing that I've learned and put together is, and it's, this is this has happened to me in music production. This has happened in a lot of other arenas. If you're doing something for a party that does, the reason why they're hiring you is because they don't have the skill or the wherewithal to do mm-hmm. that work, yes. right? You, and so they're bringing you in to hire you to do this thing. Well, the people that. Are, there's there's a certain type of client or person <laughs> that essentially fancies themselves mm. or some part of themselves as an artist or as a creative or as a director or a producer or mm-hmm. whatever, even though they're really like a you know a person in an office or whatever it is, an executive or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And those mm. people that have these kind of lost childhood fucking dreams are now going to start passing this off as like they're going to start projecting these things. So then what they're doing is all like i can't tell you how many times i've just said to myself like oh ne- like oh now this guy's fucking this guy is stanley kubrick all of a sudden mm, you yeah. know what i mean yeah and it's 
and, and, and the, the type of direction and the way that the directives are coming, this the fact that they're even Kubrick. happening, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, uh, so I guess what I've just, uh, and, and I don't know how, uh, the way to sum this up, I suppose, is that client fit is a certain, is, is a certain uh, assessment that you have to make in every creative engagement. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that one of the biggest pitfalls or warning signs, red flags that I've seen in assessing client fit that is, uh, because client fit is not just mutual being agreeable like are you amenable to these terms yes i am too great it's it's deeper than that and you gotta figure like where does where do things go upside down and i've just definitely seen things go upside down as a trend when it's involving people that are actually just kind of hiring you as a paintbrush as a Mm. vehicle for a tool or a skill Mm. that they don't possess but they're projecting themselves and their will or their insight or their creative vision on you do you you feel this i know i i stopped doing that that was that's like (laughs) you smell it right yes oh man yeah i don't do that i did this one commission i'm not going to mention names or anything like that it was it was years and a couple years ago but um this person had a painting that they loved and they grew up loving it and then they wanted someone to recreate it in some way but then also puts like them in the painting and so they wanted to be in the painting but they wanted to be in the opposite style of that painting and then they wanted a few words in there and then some some um iconography like uh, some hearts and stars and but then but then Lindsay do it you then you do what you want and I was like oh but you like your style with hearts and stars this painting I've never I never took a photograph of it they took many photographs of it with me in it and I was not happy about it they loved it I hated it um, it really hurt my it hurt my soul yeah. <laughs> whatever that is it hurt it and um, I, that was the last straw I'm I, glad you stopped yeah. I can't. I don't, there's nothing, there's I don't nothing worse though. there's no worse <laughs> there's no worse feeling than feeling like you were creatively hijacked yeah, yeah. Uh, in some way and then having the end result be something that you would never want your name on that you had to spend a lot of time on and, yes. f- yeah. and figure out and do and it's like that's, that's just the worst that is the lowest of the low for mm. me yeah. personally is mm. anything like that. Yeah. And so yeah, you you try to figure out ways to you, to avoid those things. I would yeah. rather like, I, I'm still like a sort of a defiant teenager when it comes to those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would just be like, you know what? How about fuck, fuck you, fuck all this. Yeah. Because I'm not going to change anything. Exactly. Mm. I, I know that I'd, like I, I've walked away from shows before, um, you know, uh, at various times um, <laughs> including in particular including <laughs> no, yeah. not, not be named yeah. or whatever but I've walked away from from really good opportunities and really good shows because it's like I'm there's not especially like when you ask me to do something mm-hmm. well I'm gonna do what I do and then if you want yeah. me to change one effing thing about it forget it like there's no way that I'm gonna start compromising mm. especially like I didn't clamor to get these this opportunity or these yeah, kinds of I was invited to do mm-hmm. something yeah and so uh so I, I just I've definitely learned that no matter how much your bills are piling up, no matter what is going on, to just walk away with that feeling of that that closeness that you that that wholeness that you need to feel with yourself as yeah. a creative person and as a spiritual entity or whatever you want to call it, all just the essence of self. You got to protect that, and as soon yes. as you start layering in compromises. Uh, then it's just kind of over. Like yeah. once you've unfurled that, then that's something that can always be unfurled. Now there's certain people that I'm very envious of that have this kind of skill where that's kind of what they do. Like they're kind of these snake charmers. They're kind of, you know, like Jack of all traits. Yeah, they can, and they're not attached to, yeah. you know, 
and I, I actually have like an, an admiration for people like mm-hmm. that the, the shapeshifters you know yeah. that can kind of just be like oh you want me to do a what in the whatever like cool I'll do it and yeah. it's great and yeah. whatever oh you want some of this in there hearts and stars you want to paint a bowl of lucky charms for you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah there's um, I can see Warhol doing this lucky charms box <laughs> I feel like there's a, there's a really there's like a middle ground to that though between what you were saying and mm. then the people you're envious of like mm. there's a middle ground where I feel like also being in Nashville it's a music town mm. the amount of <sighs> yeah. e- emails I get of like cold, like cold emails or cold calls here. people are like hey um, I really I love your art album art and yeah. that mm. that's something where if first I have to I lay out right away cause to get people who are actually serious to be like what's your budget instead of yeah, yeah. Like expectations that's a, that's a of fucking, free stuff that's a fucking conversation smasher yeah. exactly no yeah. it bothers me what's because your budget will you ever get yeah yeah. You, yeah yeah then you take a bet like to, with yourself of like will this person ever respond exactly. once I bring up budget yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the first thing I'll bring up yeah. because I don't want to invest anything yeah. into this person yeah. unless I just there's like, understanding <laughs> but, but then if like you get past that and everything works out and you agree with everything talking to that person and understanding what their art form is having them send you the new stuff and actually like seeing if it fits with yep. visual things that you do mm-hmm. and then being okay with you doing you but also like being open to their uh, preferences because again it's their art that you aren't catering your art to mm-hmm. but you're helping lift up yeah, yeah. there's say. a collaboration in a way yes. you got the, you're adding the visual yeah. to there should the be audio. some sensible marriage that is obvious yeah. oh or, yeah. yeah and yeah. so I like to just talk with them and like have them tell me what they were thinking about when they made their mm-hmm. new songs or right. new music and then have them send it to me and so I'll make like Five, like five different mock-ups small drawings at like all small drawings mock-ups of what I am thinking what uh, different compositions that come to my head while I'm listening to it so the person already has five things to choose from if mm. they want more more money that's it mm. I am very again I tell it like it is mm. this is how much it costs and you'll get five mock-ups once you choose whichever mock-ups you want I'll make big versions very detailed versions yeah. of those and if you want more mock-ups cost is going to be more and mm-hmm. that's just it but um but once you're at like a point where they're like oh yeah out of all these five like i really like what's happening in this one and this one is there a way you can combine that totally because they're using your drawings as reference yeah. not mm-hmm. someone else's yeah. and that's like the easiest way i can find a middle ground for that yeah that's cool you know when you bring up the music thing too the thing that when you know uh, to your your like breakdown on this this personality this like you know this repressed artist quote unquote um uh i i'm going to tell you about a movie i saw and then i'm going to talk about nashville music business but um i saw this movie this weekend called big eyes which is I, you know I this? See, yes I've so seen it's it. tim burton movie about a, a real life painter mm-hmm. um uh who uh, a woman who is a painter who mm-hmm. this isn't really a spoiler alert because this person was already famous yeah uh, just the interesting story about her life um uh and she met another a man who uh, claimed to be an artist mm-hmm. and who ultimately, through a series of things, took credit for her art for yes. years and years and years. Yes. And this guy and she was, was okay with it until the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there, it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty interesting story actually. But the thing that that stuck most to me about it was that it was this cautionary tale about mm-hmm. don't fucking fool yourself into thinking you're an artist. That's the thing yeah. I took away from it was like that's the, like there's. 
it's it can lead you into very dangerous places if you want to delude yourself into thinking you're an artist when you're not an artist and i guess in a way there's also a lesson for her which was sort of like if you're an artist you got to fucking be an artist and you got to own that shit or it will drive you insane and fuck up your life really bad but but the first part of that is I, I mean, what it comes down to is I really think at the end of the day, you art school, you know, your creative writing workshop, all those things, take a master class with David Mamet, you know, all these things. I think that all those things may help somebody become better at what they do, but I really ultimately don't think anybody, you know, has artistic talent unless they have it you either have it or you don't have it and then you can you can you can hone it and improve on it and stuff but at the end of the day nobody can teach you how to be a talented fucking artist right and here's the problem right this is why i think the music business is such a toxic poisonous place because every fucking person who's in every position of management and admin and you know production and everything all those people were once creative musicians in their own right Mm -hmm. who eventually found a niche with a pay check and now they're there mm-hmm. but no matter who's coming through it it's all that it's all this projection of like well i know and i'm gonna tell you you know because why because because well i used to think i knew but i really could never break through and or stick to it or believe in myself or have these principles mm-hmm. that you have so now i just want to be close to it. i want to wear it like a fashion and yeah. have some input yeah mm-hmm. and have my name on it and yeah. and, and, and vicariously yeah and it, and, yeah. It, and, it, and it that's the sick fucking poison at the heart of the machine man is that fucking thing of people who think they're creative who aren't telling mm-hmm. people who are creative how they should be doing their art yes. and they have no fucking business doing it and they should shut the fuck up <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so I, I, I like where you're going with that uh, do you feel better yeah. no. I do actually I feel hey, really yeah. good. want to so, draw about it real quick <laughs> so you know as, do five drawings five mock-ups <laughs> so, so as you know we, we, you know we, we contemplate a lot of things in the realm of martial arts with respect to fine art and all the other mediums and, and vice versa therein so we got a, a, a question here that I, I thought was pretty interesting uh, that I wanted to kind of put out here that has to do with um, you know like you don't have to say anything I can I will admit that I have probably investigated hallucinogenic drugs at some point in my life um, <laughs> yeah and that, probably and, and that perhaps that has had that probably some, happened to me yeah particularly probably yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is like the yeah so uh this is like the lack of accountability episode uh, so um but anyway so i don't know I'll just i'll just run this question I'm you guys. Fine. <laughs> hello art site relatively new listener first time caller my question is what do you think the role of ped should be in professional athletics like mma is it in fact cheating or does it create a situation where it levels the playing field for real talent to shine? <laughs> and is there any correlation in the art world? For example, Robert Crumb taking mm. LFD and it totally changing his art style versus Salvador Dali claiming, I don't do drugs, I am drugs. <laughs> That's my question. That's a good question. All right, what do I you got? I think that's my buddy Chris. Did he leave his name? It sounded like my buddy Chris Doyle. No name. Yeah. Ah. Um, well, 
I mean, it's it's true. Taking hallucinogenic drugs lets you see things that you didn't normally no- see before. I mean, mm. you saw it, but you maybe didn't notice it. Mm. I remember um, very, in, like, very, um, like, put a, I can't think of the right word. But anyway. You're uh, having a flashback, aren't you? <laughs> so, uh, are we on the beach the right now? The water's right over there. It's right next to where <laughs> you're the water. Floor is Pink Floyd. Yes. Ah, yes. Um, but the things that um, taking hallucinogenic drugs helps you notice are the things that end up being the most important in your art because you are the one noticing things that people just completely look past Mm. and um also you are brave like you're brave and you aren't afraid to fail because what's gonna happen you're in the state of play yeah Yeah. but i'm not not even thinking about like i I don't make art on hallucinogenic drugs i experience yeah things and then i go back to the sketchbook i don't like to be in my studio of course um not uh, nobody needs that funnel of self-doubt yes exactly going going way dark and getting weird with yourself you know you can't be too (laughs) self-oriented yeah i mean but yeah yeah i I, well i think it's interesting too um one little thread that's kind of come up um uh over the last episode and this one uh is so you deal a lot in negative space Mm -hmm. um and so for anyone that how would you like for somebody that just doesn't know what that means real quick like that would be essentially like um um the the things you cannot perceive or that don't offer a means of perception or they are voids that are to be perceived or felt they're they're the things in between what you're looking at Mm -hmm. they're the spaces Mm -hmm. the shapes that Mm -hmm. if those shapes weren't there you wouldn't know what you were looking at. Like in a, in a drawing specifically, like say you were drawing the figure and say the figure was standing with their hand on their hip and their like legs very like spread in a very certain way. Um, you don't draw the figure, just the lines that you see. You draw that space, that shape that their arms making on their hip. You draw mm. the that like A shape in between their legs and mm. that's the figure. And the mm. brain recognizes that ultimately at first glance ultimately as as a human figure well not there's an inverse yeah but it's like it's not at first and that's the whole thing that i love about working with negative space is you see something and you don't know what you're looking at just yet and you need to stay there and figure it figure it out for a bit longer what i love most is when you look at something and it could be just a weird perspective that you're looking at of just like a thing that you're like oh what and for like a couple seconds maybe it's like even less than that you don't know what you're looking at and you're trying to fumble in your brain like what is this what is this what is this and then you figure it out and then you move on that's how our brains work but Mm -hmm. in those moments i'm like extending that so i really try to mess around with negative space where you're just standing there because you see something and you want to know what you're seeing because that's how our brains work but you don't know so you need to stand there longer and figure it Mm -hmm. out so so perhaps like in the uh so what we in in combat sports and kind of to bring back this to the collar a little bit um i get a sense that it's about a lot of it's just sort of knowing tells or or um seeing patterns or things evolve in a way where if somebody's if you're in combat with somebody you you by the absence of things right even if it's just like stance like they're faced this way versus they're faced that way like you're you're calculating threats or impending challenges yes. to you, what you're doing or maybe uh, things that would impede what you're trying to accomplish 
based on what's not happening or like yeah. it's kind of this sort of parallax or yeah. something right and then uh we were talking last week with uh mark montgomery and ernest chapman a lot about music business and technology and all of these uh considerations and uh they were talking about very much uh like that to be a, an entrepreneur and to really <laughs> Uh, make your way and to advance uh, a, a goal you have to be able to see around the corners you know and so there's some I feel like there's some strange parallel in, in that like sort of the the absence of things is actually a tell to something or mm. that negative space is actually an invitation into perhaps the inverse of something I don't mm-hmm. know like there's like these weird kind of parallel relationships that I think are uh, yeah. re- revealing themselves that I think are, are kind of interesting but, but ultimately what I like about what you're talking about is that you are actively creating a suspension or extension of that state yes completely um, yeah between the perception and the then inevitable processing one way or the yeah, other between like mm. the seeing and the knowing what you're yeah. see- what you're looking at because i think there's a big difference between seeing and looking and um knowing and being yeah. all those things <laughs> but um but when you like just look at something are you really seeing it and so that's like the whole thing is when you look at it and you're figuring it out and mm. then you see it right and see, oh, you, oh i'm sorry good i'm new i don't want to repeat uh, uh, i think that i was done <laughs> <laughs> well i want to go going back to the hallucinogenic drugs and like the way that you're describing like this this you know experience of looking at your art this is exactly there was a show at uh 21c last year called uh something about seeing and it was referencing john Berger and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff and um uh um but i wanted to say like like when i when i when i art like yours is something that makes the viewer um specifically aware of how they see things you mm-hmm. know and to me that is like the word psychedelic means like to behold the senses you know yeah. to become aware of your own senses yeah. and to me that's why like your art to me is like this is like truly psychedelic art you know what yeah. i mean regardless of whether you're actually high when you do them <laughs> when, you, when you when you mentioned when you mentioned like that you know that you know whatever psychedelic drugs or whatever that that you know you said it's you said something about bravery were you trying to say that like when you're back to normal and you're doing your thing after that kind of experience mm-hmm. that you have a bravery because of the fact that it's like well I went through that whole experience like nothing's going to happen to me on a Tuesday afternoon working in my studio is that what you mean well when you you're able to see something and actually be sure of what you're seeing uh-huh. and that kind of yields within this, the trip yeah uh-huh. but like you know what you're looking at is real and really exists uh-huh. it's maybe it's the shimmer of the sunlight on the water and it's like wow these are patterns or watching the sparrows do their dance right yeah. before sunset there's a certain pattern that exists uh that we can be aware of or we can choose to not be aware mm-hmm. of it but when you see it and you know it mm-hmm. it what's going to happen to you on yeah. a tuesday in your studio nothing right. but, because but you because you have seen the pattern of the universe yeah you can just trust <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly but you can just trust that yeah what you're doing is you're doing it mm-hmm. so and like bravery it, like a, like a really like a deep assurance a, like yeah a, a yeah. confidence in yeah. self and like yeah. in your self-awareness and what you see yeah. and how you've experienced life and being honest and like putting just honesty on the surface and just mm-hmm. building on that yeah that's really cool and i, like I feel that. like you're more apt to want to be honest when you are able to like extend your perception and see mm-hmm. things for what they really are and not just 
subjectivity of all everything we bring to the table whenever we mm. go anywhere mm. and then only seeing something through that small lens of our mm. own individuality rather mm. than everything all mm. the time mm. i mean we're not so special <laughs> that's right <laughs> or we all are but just as some unified mass as opposed yeah. to yeah. <laughs> so um, the the oneness is very special mm. oh but there's the some, one there's something oh that i wanted to uh go off on what you were saying about how when you're looking at my work it's like being aware of your senses and your perception mm. um how my work has evolved now with the stuff that's going to be at fort houston uh is i'm changing i'm I'm messing more up with the finishes, like the enamel finish, or like a, sh a shine, a glare, mm. versus a matte on mm. top of it with the same hue, just different finishes. So mm. the image is actually changing as you're walking past it because the light's hitting the glare and then the glare stops only for the specific shape as you're moving. So you only can see it as you're walking past it, mm. making you extremely aware of the space you occupy. Mm. And so it's not only like, perception but like physical negative space mm. and, and as it relates to the room or the space exactly. or your movement yeah yes yeah. so mm. i'm like trying to get more involved with like like the, the physicality of the human body mm. looking at the work but having to move their own body to mm. actually like see all of it yeah and it almost becomes like animated at that point yeah yeah that's cool it's, yeah it's, i love watching people look at my work <laughs> that's my favorite <laughs> that's thing a curious thing right yeah because because yeah. I, I know when i'm looking at someone else's art like i'm getting like two millimeters away from the surface <laughs> and then backing up and then getting really yeah. close yeah. to like really see how they're applying these marks like what their real vocabulary of mark mm. making is and just the differences of when you're looking at a painting a huge painting really close versus all the way back yeah. and uh i don't know i just i there's a way as, as the dance you dance mm. with each painting you're looking at you go in you go out maybe mm. it's intercourse i don't know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, i don't know but like when someone does that with my work i feel like i did a good job yeah that's i think too that it kind of kind of brings me back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of like the opening night atmosphere versus like being at a gallery when you know you're maybe one of the only people there mm -hmm. and like a space like zeitgeist for instance or even for houston that room where the gallery is now is big enough and do you have some very large paintings yeah. in the show so it's like that's the kind of room where it might be tough on saturday night to do this mm -hmm. but if you if you go to an opening and you dig the work man i mean it's go like back. especially if i'm gonna like write about a show it's like i'll take photographs and stuff because some some weeks are too crazy and it'll be like i'll just take photographs of my mm -hmm. favorite shit then i can like basically go back to the gallery yeah. zoom in on it look at it more but with painting especially i feel like it's hard to understand what you're looking at if you're not actually looking Must at be it yeah. to win exactly yeah, yeah i mean with photographs and things like that it's a bit different but with painting it's like it's all about yeah. like those and like we were talking about it. so we have a very subtle different shades of color texture all yeah. that stuff and so it's like when you're in a space that's big enough like fort houston it's like yeah you can get right up breathing on that thing mm -hmm. or even more importantly i can back, back up, up 25 feet yeah. and look at the whole thing exactly you know and it's it's like you know think about the old zeitgeist space which was such a tiny space mm -hmm. and they'd hang big ass paintings yeah. in that space and it was just like ridiculous yeah. it was impossible and now it's so nice when i see big work there mm -hmm. and i can just like hang back and sit yeah. on the wall like 30 feet away and just look at it you exactly. know what i mean so luxurious. but then also like compared <laughs> to opening night when it's just like crowded where yeah. maybe you can still do that but you're looking how can 
can you look through yeah, 50 people right, yeah. and they're all schmoozing talking with one another yeah. with their wine and, and yeah and to the degree that people the are, are trying to look at the work you inevitably just have this anxiousness about your sort of like society in your brain like socially you're not allowed to like really fucking linger and relax and look at this yeah. shit you gotta sort of look at it okay now my turn <laughs> you know exactly I mean? you know so you're better off just getting slurry probably yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. I, I, like even when I go out on like the opening mm. nights and like make my rounds and stuff if there's a show where I'm like whoa I'm trying to spend an intimate like get some time with each piece mm. and I'm just getting like elbowed or shouldered yeah, not yeah. because someone's like trying to look at the work that's because they're having a gestural conversation with someone and getting really <laughs> yeah. flamboyant about it and uh, so then it's like I need to go back yeah. and uh, I did that with um Kit Ruther, mm-hmm. um, her show yeah. at David Lusk, yeah. opening night. Yeah, a couple night. months ago. Yeah, yeah. That, it was a while ago, but it yeah. sticks out so much in my mind because the opening night was like, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to look at it. I can't yeah, see anything. Yeah, there I really I, loved her sculptures I, in that show. Oh my, I loved yeah. it. And uh, when I went back, no one was in the gallery. Yeah, I, so I, awesome. I spent like an hour <laughs> just like really slowly and it mm. was like, this is the experience that mm. someone should have with yeah. work that really speaks to them. Yeah, for sure. It's like the opening nights, yeah, come, it's a great time and everything, but really, go back like yeah. on a Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> or seriously, Wednesday, seriously. I don't know. That's the time you be there. So, so um, and then I, w- I want to kind of point us towards uh, the, the last little sort of inquiry that we got and I think this is always an interesting thing to ask people um, is sort of in the age of social media and the the sort of uh, the necessity of sort of promotion but also sort of probably hating a lot of the yeah. aspects of that right <laughs> yeah. like uh, how do you um, uh, here here's I'm gonna run the question by you yeah. first by the by the listener but ultimately it's, this is a I think just a, a constant sort of thing that is still being sorted out by so many people uh, and some people have just I think fall into using these tools with a lot more grace and ease perhaps than than others you know for me it, it feels somewhere between super helpful and an existential uh, struggle to try like cause I don't the regularity and the the algorithm and what is success? What are you, what are you talking like, about? Like Instagram, social media, oh, anything. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good yeah. question, though. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm lost. Did you follow me? <laughs> kind of. Okay. <laughs> well, in my imagination, we were having an awesome conversation. Yeah. I, I, you Sounded might imagine you kept pointing at something, oh. and I'm like, what is this? Oh, what is right. the thing? <laughs> well, I'm just going to play the damn thing. Okay. All right. And this is, uh, this is another, another friend of the show, and uh, Jason, go forth. Let's see. You think I should be more proactive in self-promotion on social media? Uh, I'm kind of a handyman. I, I mean, I play music and I do some other things as well. But, um, but with uh, I don't I don't do a lot of self-promoting things. I just I, I post. I, I'd like uh, to be more mysterious on social media, but <laughs> I'm noticing. Uh, I don't know. Uh, all right, thanks. <laughs> I love it. That's a great question. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's an embodiment of sort of this kind of yeah. struggle that I'm sort of talking about because it's it's this weird necessary evil. So I guess I was curious about what would you like? How have you reconciled with sort of the the beast of social media and how has it worked or not worked for you? And then beyond that, like, what would you recommend to creatives in any field, whether it's music or anything? Like, how do you, how do you sort of keep it real? Well, how do you promote music on? Instagram 
Separate, it's yeah. it's visual. Yeah. It's a, so as a visual artist, Instagram's great. Mm. Uh, I've gotten great commissions. I've made connections with well-known artists. I've uh, expand like expanded my um, open like registry of galleries. I'll apply to open calls because of that. Um, but it's really supplanted sort of the portfolio and kind of it's to a certain degree you don't want to give it all away on yeah. instagram I, like i rarely will post a uh, finished work um that i want someone to come see in person like maybe i'll do it for promoting a show or something like that but i won't sh- let me show you every single piece in the span of a week in my posts for so who's going to come to the show if they have already seen it mm-hmm. who's gonna who's gonna ask you how your vacation was when you post every single photo of your experience of that vacation yeah. So, yeah, mystery is great and you need to have mystery, but there's definitely like a middle ground Mm -hmm. where you want to be accessible, but you don't want to put it all out there so no one wants to give the effort to find Mm -hmm. out. So, yeah, there's definitely, there's a middle ground. There's um, a finesse to it. I think this is also how Tinder works. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, is, yeah, I think so. Than like dating, isn't it? Uh, it, it yeah, you want to no, be mysterious, but you got to put yourself out there. Yeah, exactly. You want you want to be but honest, but not too honest. <laughs> <you know? laughs> right. Not too soon. Yeah, not too soon. Too much yeah. too soon. Ooh. Don't tell them about that weird tattoo you got in the eighties. They'll find out <laughs> one day. Um, no, but, that's interesting. But I, yeah. I thought, well, you caught, you caught my ear earlier, of course. Like when you said that one of the ways that you've gotten commissions or that you've made. Sales Instagram. is through Instagram. People yeah. see you, so you post something, and they're like, "Hey, I want that painting." Yeah, That's exactly. Cool. They're sending you a message, but also consistency. Um, I, it's, it sucks talking about this because I'm really not that good at Instagram. Mm. I don't even think I pronounce it right. Yeah. But um, uh, like the hashtags, the mm. number sign that like always hashtag Lindsay Davis, mm. and then like figure out like which ones you want to consistently post on like the hashtag uh, contemporary art Mm -hmm. like Nashville art Mm -hmm. like or and this is this is actually how I got like uh, blocked from some local galleries (laughs) is by tagging them in the work that you want them to look at because you think that they'd like it that pisses people off I didn't know that Mm, it pisses them off (laughs) I guess so that seems Um, seems a little uh, I mean the, the feud's well, over now. It's okay, over. okay. It was just really yeah. silly because um, I just remember like yeah. last year, like when Art Basel was going on, just like hashtagging that with some of my art and getting more people liking it because people, yeah, like when those things are happening, people are more into going and researching that hashtag. Yeah. So then you get more people looking at your work. So you don't necessarily have to be at these festivals yeah. to get the yeah. people who are at the and festivals I also looking love, at I also it. love it when there's like, hey, here's this festival that's become really bullshit. And so we're going to do other weird festival on the exact same days in the exact same town. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to just like the leech anti, off at yeah, your festival. Anti well, festival. Yeah, I love the anti-festival idea. That's what Corbet did. The, um, mm. the, like back when the salons in oh, France, yeah, yeah, he did yeah. the anti-salon. The beasts. Yeah, with like <laughs> yeah. the, the stone breakers and just yeah. all the people who weren't painting the bourgeoisie pretty. Yeah, right. They're painting actual things yeah. happening. And, and then, fuck the salon. Exactly. <laughs> and, and then they, they opened in it. In French, they, you say that in French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's it. But he did it it right across the street from the actual salon that was going on, and yeah, as the anti. And now, now that's caught on. Like Mm. what, like four hundred, three hundred, yeah, three hundred, two hundred years, two fifty, (laughs) two fifty years later. Um, But yeah, it's still happening now. Mm. Where going against the trend is actually a trend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah. Well, also, it's sort of like nothing is real. Like I've always thought about have like creating 
uh, you know, I have all these music, music projects that I've done under various aliases, and I've always just thought about what if I just made one uh, that was completely like the music's real, but that's the only thing that's real, and there's this whole construct around it, yeah. and like create an account, world tour. Here's all the tour dates, playing the Hollywood Bowl, playing you know what like you who the hell is gonna know or care mm-hmm. and if somebody called you out on the, hey this is not real like it's great you figured it out yeah. so what, like, what's the impact of this who cares yeah, yeah. like like uh, so when you're talking about like art basil or you know you, you not only do you not have to be there uh you you can just yeah by by virtue of hashtags and you're just getting in the pool like it's just one big pool that everybody's in exactly and in and you look and you go to these events nobody's experiencing anything anymore you know to quote, oh ha- to quote Hakeem Bey he's like you know mm. all experience is mediated at this point like, mm. like you know, they, they, they go I can't believe you just to quoted Hakeem Bey <laughs> but the whole thing yeah you, you go to the festivals uh, to be seen that you're there to take the photo to post yeah. on your instant Instagram yeah. and on your Instagrams <laughs> <laughs> just add water yeah and stir it in <laughs> and yeah but um but then there's also like local artists i forgot his name but he does like landscape very simple um landscapes uh, and he got very well known um and sells his paintings right after he posts them mm-hmm. which is great for him like those are real people buying the works with real money mm. hell yeah that's that's your goal but there's something for me in my work that i make all this work and I, I'll start making it without a show in mind, mm. but I make it with this idea that all this work will be shown together because mm. it has to be shown together. I yeah. made it in the same um, in the same realm of all the other work, so yeah, it's like songs on a record, right? Yeah, I mm. I, I don't even like selling pieces before I show them, mm. and uh, that's also like a big fault of mine because I'm very I don't really like going on these big websites of like reputable like art selling websites because how someone gonna really experience one of my pieces when they're looking at a two inch by two inch image of it or yeah. like nine inch by whatever yeah. it's computer monitor is when the piece is like four feet or five feet yeah. and there's details that the photo isn't getting and so it's all based on the photo but isn't there like but, well but there's also this this is a whole new wave of like okay I'm, I'm I, you've gathered that I'm a little bit bitter right so we're, <laughs> we're cool with that no but like I, I would if I were a visual artist like a painter whatever I would be the thing that I would be most annoyed by more than anything would be because of Instagram, now you have basically the vanity of the artist themselves, yes. basically like pretty girls selling oh my God, like yeah. hotcakes, utter bullshit. Yes, yes, Okay. yes. That pisses me off because as a female, uh, my bo- our bodies have been used as advertising, as ways at which to sell this alcohol, to sell motorcycles, sell the cars. Growing up and like driving into the city, and just all the billboards are like sexy ass ladies. Yeah. What are they selling? I don't know, but they look at the bathing suit. Like yeah. it's, <laughs> it's, it's, exactly. right. it's planted then, firmly in my subconscious. And, and then like all like all the power to the ladies who like use their bodies to make to make money. Like fuck yeah. But when you are making art and putting yourself on the camera too it's about you and not about the art it should be about the art completely and if you're using your body to sell your work um your body's better than your work then and uh it's kind of shitty to say that no no i get it the thing too is it's not necessarily overtly sexual all the time it's just like it i've just i just see very stylized curated 
appearances in oh relation God. to the the work mm. and to me uh I, I hate to say like that sucks i hate to be like that person but sometimes you just yeah. can't help but feel that way yeah doesn't mean that it's not good for somebody or something but it it feels diminutive or it feel it just feels like a such a you can tell like you have this opportunity. Like if you have a platform on any level, then mm-hmm. I just want people to use it and try. And when I just see stuff that I'm like, wow, you're phoning in the same recipe of bullshit mm-hmm. over and over and over again. There's no, there's no uh, even rich conceptual angle, or there's like at least have something backing it that feels uh, purposeful and and meaningful on some yeah. some level. It doesn't mean that everything has to be that either. It can be just a lashing out or or whatever uh i don't know i guess i just it just bums me out to see it's not even necessarily overtly sexual like mm-hmm. you know bikini babes in front of paintings necessarily mm-hmm. but you know what some of the stuff is like why don't you just do that then because that's really what your that's yeah. what your programming is but that's mm. also how you look at yourself like you it can't just be about the what you're making you have to be on camera too and i think that also is an ego thing too mm. like why can't why can't something be made so you can make it and put it out there and let people experience in it and get get what they get from it why does it have to be all about you and mm. i also understand with like social media and you put an image out there someone could just do a screenshot and post it on their thing and say it's there so yeah. yeah put your face on there so people know it's you but to i don't know there's again how can you like find the middle ground when there's you can yeah. play devil's advocate for your own argument easily in any mm-hmm. of these situations yeah, yeah. I, I guess I mean, without opening up on massive other podcasts <laughs> I, I feel like i feel like that what it is is that there's just now no selfies whole, there's a whole new set of sort of gradations between the art and the commerce that are availing themselves now to where there are perfectly seated uh artists and work that are sitting somewhere in between the truth and bullshit mm-hmm. and they just kind of find that step on that ladder wherever they are and then wherever the efficacy is or wherever things start to take off for them or whatever their footing is, as soon as they get that footing, then that's where they sit. And they're not necessarily, and I don't, I'm not saying all art needs to exist in the gallery space mm-hmm. oh, in, no, the in gallery this pure way or whatever. Uh, I'm not saying that at all. I guess I'm just saying that uh, the idea of personal brand and like this whole sort of vanity uh, trip is mm-hmm. is kind of opening up all these folds into the, the equation that I'm quite sure... Uh, I mean, I'm not saying George O'Keefe didn't have a lot to contend with, but this is crazy. I don't know. That's my point. Am I still making sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, I just can't imagine. Yeah. Uh, it, I wanted George O'Keefe to do a bunch of selfies. <laughs> that would have been great. Just <laughs> got ice cream. George O'Keefe yeah. with the right angle, looking yeah. down. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah but um to go back to i want to like answer this guy's question yeah. like you do have to self-promote a lot um mm-hmm. but not too much you don't want to be the person who's uh friend requesting all these random people and then the next yeah. thing they do is hey like my music page like yeah no one likes that person yeah no one likes that person mm-hmm. i just need it's very yeah. annoying um but you want to create like you want to create a rep- repertoire of like people want to come out and see you so you want to post mm-hmm. and really appease your audience because they're the ones who are going to show up and they're the ones yeah. who are going to buy work so you can't put yourself on this pedestal of i'm such a cool artist oh 
God. Mm. But you want to be relatable. You need to be honest yeah. with yourself and with everyone else. And I think the best way to do that is through doing it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, think, I think, too, like, I think people really respect authenticity. And I, I think that as much as people present picture-perfect things in picture-perfect worlds, people really appreciate seeing people struggle and working through something it's and relatable they, it, it's relatable yeah because we're not all perfect beings we all struggle and fail yeah I, I, I feel reassured that it's okay to not be perfect yeah, yeah. <laughs> fall if, down, if we, if we all want to be imperfect with you on Saturday night yeah. where and when should we be there uh, be there anytime between 6 and 9 at Fort Houston at Fort Houston 2020 Lindell Avenue mm-hmm. um, Nashville Tennessee Nashville Tennessee between 6 and 9 6 and 9 um yeah, there'll be good people beers uh, as supplies last if you partake. Um, mm. Great company and maybe some snacks and really great art to look at. Yeah, that's cool. Um, there is a new mural being uh, showcased uh, in the makerspace. Is that Duncan McDaniel's? Uh, no, no, no. His oh. was a few months oh, ago. Uh, Zach, yeah, Zach, uh, Zach, yeah, Zach was on our show like two episodes yeah, ago. Really yeah, really cool. That's, Zach Dunsing. Yeah, Dunsing. Yeah, it's I a kick-ass mural. He's been working on it for it's a while. It's really cool. I originally thought it was like cut post-its or something. Yeah. And I had to get really close. Again, like everything <laughs> yeah. kept really close. And be like, oh, no, that's paint. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah, I like yeah. his style a lot. So more reason to come out. Yeah, there's lots of yeah. good stuff mm-hmm. to see on Saturday night. Oh, what, what about uh, how do people find that that uh, mysterious yet accessible Instagram campaign? Oh, um, they can go <laughs> to uh, Lindsay Davis with one of those underlines. I spell my name L I N D S Y Davis underscore. Underscore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's my instant Instagram. Right, I love cool. it. You just keep saying Instagram. That's my like, instance <laughs> Yeah. Just for instance. My for instance gram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. Uh, all right, Joe, you got any uh, any happenings or things? Man, you know, We're both still I, I in this kind on, of like in the works. I know. State I'm, I'm like, I've got, this is your promo spot. Bro. I feel completely like like a dizzy with like shit I've been doing, but nothing, not, not, nothing I can really talk about. I did send out a secret message to. Uh, to some people earlier this week filling them in on some things but if you didn't get that secret message then I didn't get you it it's gonna stay wait. a secret <laughs> you got to wait but um uh yeah but um I don't really um can't think of goddamn anything so cool. um, <laughs> the only thing I have coming up is that's I have a lot of things going on I suppose but um I can say for sure that March 22nd at the Frist Museum of Art. Is that what it's called? Frist Art Museum? Mm. Frist Art Museum. Uh, the Frist uh, chose about 50 photographers, one photograph from each, uh, to represent um, sort of the state of change in the city. And it's called uh, Connect Disconnect. Um, something about the It City or something. Anyway. It City. Uh, the opening is March 22nd. Um, go to the fristartmuseum.org. Gonna, is it going to be in the community gallery? I, I don't know. Oh, okay. But it'll be somewhere in that building, and I, I have just a piece in that. But um, it's I think it's probably in the community gallery, and if, if you're in Nashville, that's that's you can walk into the Frist Center, you can go to the cafe, and you can see the community gallery, and you don't even have to buy a ticket. So oh, uh, it would be a cool exhibition to see if... If you if you're Good intimidated point. about spending the money, don't worry. Go see the show. Mm-hmm. Good point. All right. Well, with that, hey, thank you so much, Lindsay. It's yeah. been a blast. You're welcome. And um, Joe, always good. 
Always good. Always good. So, <laughs> uh, listeners, thanks uh, for all the support and all the interest and all the calls. Uh, it's been a really good run that we've been on for a while now and super grateful for it. Um, if you want to leave voicemail questions uh, as weird or weirder than the ones you just heard, uh, you can dial 615-249-8250. And uh, you can leave us weird messages and we'll probably play them. Yeah. And then uh, other than that, uh, please go to anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast and click on support this podcast. And if you donate 99 cents a month, you will change our lives and you'll we'll change our lives. Uh, we've been running this this uh, this program for a while. Uh, it does cost things. And so we're just looking for a million people to donate 99 cents a month. Thank you, guys. Uh, once we get to the million dollars a month level, <laughs> we're gonna uh, buy some new cables, and we're gonna get uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we're gonna get out of this game entirely, and you'll never have to listen to us again. That's right. Uh, no, but uh, again, thanks everybody. Uh, this has just been uh, a blast to do. Uh, thanks again, Lindsay and uh, Joe, and we'll talk to everybody soon. Later. Okay guys, I love the Art Fight podcast, and I listen to every episode even though I am a robot trying to sound like an actual person. I know it takes a lot to keep the podcast going. How can I help? Go to anchor.fm forward slash Art Fight Podcast, click on the button, the big old button that says support this podcast, and once you get there you'll have three options. You can just choose the lowest level, you're going to pledge 99 cents a month to, to our production and and help us out again anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast click on support this podcast all right thanks everyone